Attention fantasy baseball fans. Come to the next level and experience virtual Major League Baseball ownership. Our sports provides an advanced and authentic experience combining fantasy and virtual sport. By owning and operating an R-Sports franchise, you compete for championships in cash and leagues that mirror the MLB in every way. For sports fans who have dreamed of owning a sports franchise, log on to rsportsbaseball.com or find them on Facebook as R-Sports Baseball or on Twitter at R-Sports Baseball and make that dream a reality. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Huddle Up Podcast live on Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. We're part of NGSC Sports Radio. Go to NGSCSports.com, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app search NGSC. Also check out our sports baseball, the sponsor of NGSC Sports. We also stream daily at Leib Sports. You can subscribe to us on Apple or Android, whatever device you have. You can subscribe to the Huddle Up Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. I'm at Big Jim Sports. Dave will get his here in just a minute. You can shoot an email to the show, Huddle Up Podcast at Outlook.com. And uh, I think that's the business. Let's get Dave in here. It's the start of a new year, Friday. A different day for us, January the 5th, but it is a Friday because uh, I was uh, not able to uh, to do a show on Wednesday night. But Dave, how are you doing, bud? Jim, we're doing well. Uh, it's a new year. Uh, my Panthers are still playing football, uh, so it's a good year. Uh, yeah, my Cowboys, unfortunately, well, unfortunately for me, no longer playing, but I think you uh, probably enjoy it more than I do. <laughs> probably a true statement. So uh, definitely excited to be back and talk some ball. So I think we have uh, five games coming up this weekend and some early Super Bowl predictions. We absolutely do. Uh, and if you are following along on the live video, make sure you give it a like and a share. We'd appreciate that. If you want to call in, you can do that as well. 401 401- Three four seven zero six one three, and then use pin two nine three one two. Again, that number four zero one three four seven zero six one three, and use pin two nine three one two. Now, Dave, before we get started, um, uh, not it's not necessarily a sponsorship. It's nothing like that. But uh, I won my fantasy league this year, and I decided to upgrade the championship belt. And I want to show it. Because the company, Undisputed Belts, and if you're following along on the live video, you can see it here. Got it in the mail today. This thing is uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, pretty he- heavy metal plates. Uh, nice quality uh, strap there on the leather. And uh, they made it made a real good deal. So if you want to get your uh, fantasy football championship belts or custom belts for any sort of uh, fantasy league, bowling league, anything like that, undisputedbelts.com. I think they also have championship rings over there. Let them know that we sent you, um, that we'd appreciate that. 
Uh, yeah, so we hey, got. Is that the uh, is that the same league that I won when I didn't even draft my team, or is this a different league? No, that's uh, that's the one. I finally won it after five years. I figured if I gave a four year buffer and I let my uh, my my if I had my brother win a couple of times, once I finally won it, people couldn't call shenanigans that the commissioner won the league. That makes sense. Am I allowed back in the league next year now if I can attend the draft? Uh, if you can be at the draft and there's an open spot, we'll let you back in. I'll kick someone out. We'll be good. Well, I can do that. I think that's my uh, that's my authority. And as, as champion, I can just say that I have the authority to kick at least one person out. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Dave, let's, uh, let's do college football first. Um, and we are here because... Georgia won the Rose Bowl. Alabama won the Sugar Bowl. We have an all-SEC national championship game, much to the chagrin of probably a lot of people who don't live in the... Correctly predicted by who? uh, That was correctly predicted by you. Um, Alabama winning didn't didn't shock me. Uh, I think Clemson winning, I I think I was more of a hopeful pick and just to go against you. So, uh, you know, that, that never works out well for me at least in college football. Yeah, definitely, Jim. Uh, do you want to talk about the games this past weekend first, or do you want to start just uh, breaking down the, the actual national championship game, or what kind of direction you want to head here? Uh, if you want to touch, we can touch on some stuff uh, if you want to from this past weekend. Otherwise, we can jump into the national title game, or what, uh, whatever you call it. I'll let you call this one. I just kind of want to touch on um, more so the Georgia-Oklahoma game. Okay. Um, I, I think it was very interesting how um, Kirby Kirby had their uh, had Georgia come out, and they actually kind of started passing on first down. Like, they uh, changed up their offensive prowess against Auburn. But they started uh, passing on first down early on in the game. And um, I, I think that he almost outsmarted himself using the logic that, hey, Oklahoma knows that we're one of the best running teams in the country. We're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We have four weeks, so Oklahoma's going to figure out how to stop the ball, so we're going to throw the ball. Well, that didn't work too well, and then they started running the ball, and they couldn't stop them, period. Right. Uh, So once they got to that strategy, I mean, it was pretty darn good football. Um, I mean, unbelievable ending to the game. Uh, Not only just the overtime, but the comebacks and the momentum swings. Yeah. I mean, I was – I, I was watching some of the lines live on uh, on some online sites, and uh, you, you could have got both teams in the second half uh, catching ten points. So you could have had wow. a twenty point middle, uh, which obviously would have cashed. Sure. Um, but the the momentum swings were just astronomical in the game, and um, it was a great halftime adjustment uh, with with Georgia coming back. And I mean, you you you're literally looking at it and. Uh, that field goal at the end of the, the first half for, for uh, Georgia, huge momentum swing with Oklahoma getting the ball to start the second half. That could have been, um, instead of 14 points, it could have been easily been 24 until Georgia touched the ball again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think that's – because going into this game, I, I really didn't think that uh, Oklahoma had a whole lot of chance. And and I think that's even why I, I tweeted out at the start of the uh, – at the start of the game, I said, I, if Georgia makes, what, one or two stops, the game's probably theirs. And then all of a sudden, Oklahoma looked looked like they were going to run away with it. And I'm going, what the holy hell is happening in this game? It, it, it blew me away. Not necessarily that Oklahoma scored and, and was scoring. Because if you've watched any college football year, you know that's what teams in the Big 12 do. They score. But my thought was, 
they're not going to be able to stop Georgia. They're not going to be able to stop Georgia's offense. And sure enough, to, to, to my surprise and probably a lot of people's surprise, is the team from the Big 12 was playing defense and stopping an offense uh, and, and a fairly high-powered one at that. Um, like you said, they, Georgia made the adjustments. They came from behind. And then the, the overtimes were, were bonkers. And, and I go back to the, to the first overtime. When you're Oklahoma, how do you not put the ball in the hands of your Heisman Trophy winner? That, that is probably, the, the out, of, out of all the craziness that happened in the Rose Bowl, that's probably the most stunning thing to me that happened is, is you do not really let Baker Mayfield be Baker Mayfield. It, it, I, I don't. I, I, I truly. It, it maybe, maybe the moment got too big for the young coach. That, that's the only. That's the only un- understanding, or, or uh, not justification, but the only explanation, maybe that that I have for it is maybe that moment just got too big, and, and he was afraid to do something and, and have something go wrong, and, and you took the ball out of the hands of the best player on your team, and, and it looks like it ended up costing them big time. Yeah, I think it was just a, a pure example of uh, literally the coaching won the game for Georgia. I mean, now the coaching does a hole for them, too, be by outsmarting sure. themselves, but the coaching won the game. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not the first time that we, we've seen instances at both the college and the NFL level where the coach tries to be smarter than the game. And that, you know, and, and – that that I like you said I think is what we saw out of Georgia and then once they went back to playing the game that got them there they were able to survive and they were able to come back they were able to force the overtime and ultimately get the win but you know they they, they almost outsmarted themselves and and you, you know you look at teams in the NFL it happens to you you see it happen in college and you know I I tend to think that this Monday not completely shading away from uh, this past weekend, but we're going into this Monday's game, uh, I think that Georgia will be more apt to play their game and uh, and not not let the moment maybe get away from that coaching staff. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start talking about the the SEC t- or the national title <laughs> game in a couple minutes here. Sure. Um, and I I think the other thing that. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool, and again, this is just one of those random things that I would pick up on, but I thought it was pretty cool seeing the the red fan base in the uh, Rose Bowl Stadium. Uh, kind of reminded you of a USC game there or something, but it sure. was uh, two varying shades of red, so it was just kind of one of those iconic, ironic type of type of thing so i'm good with the rose bowl then if uh oh, the, well the, the rose the rose bowl is is always one because it's the one game that that is always played like in the afternoon it's always the the big game that's played in the afternoon so you get that you know saturday feel to it regardless of what day it's being played on that saturday afternoon feel to it because you know it's usually sunny it's usually warm or at least warmish um you know the field's always in great shape that stadium's iconic and you always get those blimp views and yeah this one like you said pretty neat when you have two pretty close shades of color um it looked like one giant home game even though it wasn't um you know it's always neat when you see like the the red river game and you get like the burnt orange versus the red or like ucla versus usc when you get the baby blue and the red but yeah it was it was uh neat imagery for sure um that uh, the Rose Bowl is one of the few games that provides it to that level. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's one of those those wonderful uh, New Year's Day traditions. I think. Sure. Um, so moving on to, to New Year's Day evening, um, we don't need to talk about any of the other bowl games on uh, New Year's Day. We'll talk about the two important ones, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'll just say my team um, is undefeated so far in 2018. I'll leave it at that. Hold on to that for another nine months or so. But <laughs> exactly. You're one of the few in the country that can say that. Exactly. Not even your Nittany yeah. Lions can say that. I wouldn't. I, I can't argue that. But uh, <laughs> are, are you guys hanging? A, are you guys hanging a banner for an undefeated year? Uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, we wouldn't do that anyway if we didn't win a title. We'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's uh, let's look at the Sugar Bowl. Getting a little premature like normal. So, um, <laughs> uh, biggest thing I think that's interesting about the Sugar Bowl is um, the, the the thing that really stuck out to me is this Alabama defense looked pretty healthy, um, mm-hmm. and Clemson did not look that good, which kind of alludes to how weak the the ACC was almost all year. Um, so I think that was the biggest two takeaways I took away from that. Um, other than my biggest takeaway that uh, Jalen Hurts is a god-awful quarterback. Um, but that's foreshadowing to the championship game. But uh, I, I don't remember when it was, but uh, they ran that flea flicker Alabama. And uh, the their their top wide receiver, which I can't think of his name right now, was running down the field and had a sure six points if Hurts put the ball anywhere within 10 yards of him and look like me throwing the ball to him so um definitely don't think the kid's a quarterback um foreshadowing and uh bold prediction for the offseason i think nick saban's opening up the quarterback uh discussion for alabama even though uh hertz is a sophomore so he still technically has two more years and uh it, it's going to be unprecedented in my eyes uh you got a kid that's taking you to two national championship games in a row and you're going to open the quarterback discussion so um, just my guess that Saban's going to do that, but uh, the old uh, the old ball coach knows talent when he sees it, knows talent when he doesn't have it. So um, I think that's a big move that's coming in the off season. Yeah, certainly possible. You know, it hurts as a guy that that's never really I don't think jumped off the page at anybody. Um, at times this year has not looked uh, you know very convincing as a starter. Period. So it wouldn't shock me if if, if Alabama. Uh, you know, gets out ahead of the situation and, you know, makes a change there. I mean, you know, Nick Saban, for as much as people hate him, uh, my, myself included at times, it, the, a lot of that hatred uh, be, comes from the guy, the fact that the guy and his teams uh, are regularly winning. You know, that that's the thing. When, when a team constantly wins, uh, they're, they're going to find – people are going to find uh, ways and reasons to hate them just for that. So, um you know he's he's usually the smarter guy in the room, and he's usually more prepared than uh, anybody else in the room. So it wouldn't surprise me. Definitely. So I think the one thing again standing out about this game is uh, is definitely the defense. Is uh, um, Alabama's offense did nothing to impress me. I mean, I think uh, I don't think Clemson is a top tier defense. I think they're a good defense, but. Um, I think Georgia's defense is an upgrade over Clemson, personally. I would um, agree, But yeah. Alabama's, uh, Alabama's offense did nothing to impress me. And um, their, their defense was stout, but they I can't think of the guy's name, but their, their linebacker that uh, likes to rush a lot looks hurt and uh, seeing rumors that he's not going to be playing. That's a big loss to them again without the linebackers. But uh, 
Uh, Jim, I don't really have much more on the uh, on the Alabama game from this past week, but uh, other than I, I think there was, I, I think there was very minimal scoring, and I think that's uh, something that we're going to see in the, the national title game as well. Yeah, with, with the Alabama game, it wasn't it, it wasn't one of those uh, iconic games that you're going to look back on and go, "Wow, what a moment." Or you know, there the, there was nothing really memorable, uh, with the exception of just Alabama doing what Alabama does, and that's kind of uh, imposed their will a little bit. Um, and and you 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 saw for the first, really, I think maybe the first time, um, well, with the exception maybe the of the loss uh, up at Syracuse, but uh, I think for the first time at all this year, you really saw Clemson hurting w- without some of that veteran uh, leadership that you had at the quarterback position uh, a year ago with Watson. So, um, you know, Clemson's going to hang in there, uh, you know, next season and, and beyond, you know, Dabo and, and company, uh, you know, have that have that system rolling pretty well. But it, it Alabama just showed that, uh, you know, they deserve to be in the top four um, as and I kind of swallow my, my pride a little bit saying that because uh, I was kind of against them being that number four spot. I thought it should have been Ohio State, and maybe it still should have been Ohio State. And we'll we'll talk about the playoff and, and the rankings and the standing and what's right and what's wrong. We'll, we'll get to that after we preview uh, for you know, briefly. I don't want to get, you know, too in-depth about it, but uh, once we cover this uh, this national title game coming up on Monday night. But, yeah, there, there's not, not a whole lot else, I think, to talk about about the uh, Sugar Bowl. So, um, Monday night, of course, at, uh, what well, kickoffs probably around what eight, 18 or something stupid like that. Cause I feel like that's what they do. Uh, ESPN covering this one as they do with the, uh, college football playoff games. Uh, I have Alabama as four and a half point favorite. Is that what you have, Dave? I think they're down to four. Okay. Uh, so that's right, generally right, right around general there. vicinity. Okay, so around four, four and a half. Now, I know it's a neutral site game. Now, this is more of a question that that I think you'd understand over me. Do they take into account the fact that this is being played in Atlanta when when they put that when that number goes up? Um, long and short answer: Yes. Okay. Uh, if, if you're if you're factoring college football into the point scale your extreme home fields uh garnish anywhere from uh three and a half maybe four maybe upwards of five depending on the situation um i have seen that they're giving georgia home field of about two points here okay uh, which i don't think is enough personally uh reason being a it's a uh Good seats at this game are going for about two thousand dollars. Yeah, that blew me so, away. I mean, what I, I saw, I saw upper level seats on like StubHub going for uh, about twenty two hundred. That was back. That was back on Monday. So I don't know if they've adjusted since then. But holy hell, get ready to <laughs> get ready to open the old bank account if you want to go see this one. Well, think about it though, Jim. I mean, uh, I, if I was a Georgia fan and I was, you know, it, it's in Atlanta here. I'm two hours away. I pay my sure. Take take my my wife to the game that hates football for another two grand. Obviously, it's probably going to be a buddy because she'll realize she doesn't want to go. But 
I, I spend four grand on tickets. I don't have to take off of work super early. Right. I'm back at the same time. I don't have plane tickets. I don't have a hotel. That's it's true. It's a night trip. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a great point. You, you factor in the plane and the cruise bowl. I'm already out the same four grand, but I got to fly across the country. I need two nights a hotel. I got to take two days off of work potentially. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, that's a great point. And and, and also too, and, if you're if you're a, a Georgia fan, when was the last time you were here? When's the next time you will be here? Now, obviously, with with what Kirby Smart and company seem to be doing, is you you would kind of maybe expect that they would be here, uh, or at least in the conversation of a playoff um somewhat frequently but if, if you look back over the history of time you know georgia is not a name that that's that's been up here with the national championship in a very long time too so uh maybe it's just one of those things where it's like you know what let's uh let's put this on the credit card and uh you know we'll be paying for it all year but you know it'll it, it could be worth it i mean jim i i kind of kind of talking about this to a co-worker Today and they were saying there's no way I paid two grand for tickets. If Notre Dame was playing in a national title game at, at Lincoln Financial, would you try and find a way to swing two grand to go to the game? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I would find a way. And, and um, even though, uh, like you know, my wife handles the finances absolutely, and uh, I'm terrible with money. Uh, I, I would I would try and hard bargain it and be like, look, if it was Michigan in the same situation you'd want to go. So, uh, and, and I think maybe I could, I could break her down there a little bit. But it's the same thing. I mean, two grand and literally for $2,100 with gas tolls food down there. Well, 24 with the way uh, you chow down on some hot dogs. Well, that's but, true. I mean, clearly um, the people on the video can see that I'm not eating lightly. <laughs> definitely. But for, I mean, for, hundred bucks more you got your gas your tolls and everything else um and again not something that happens a lot so it's kind of that rare instance where i feel like alabama fans are are looking for the getaway they don't really want to go to atlanta so um well and they're used and they're used to this too and and i'm not saying that that alabama fans aren't going to travel to this game because they absolutely will but they've been here this is not this is not anything uh, new for Alabama fans. I mean, you think about how many times you've seen like empty seats in a in a Detroit Red Wings arena when you know they're in the second or third round of the playoffs. It's like it's old hat to them. Uh, maybe not so much anymore. But it, when when you you kind of almost become complacent as a fan if you've been there year after year after year, uh, as opposed to a fan base that hasn't seen or or been in this environment for a very long time. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, back to the original question, Jim, about the home field advantage. Um, power rankings that I've seen from a couple of Vegas guys that do this um, bet thousands of dollars college football throughout the year on each game. Um, before this week, they had Alabama about a four-and-a-half or five-point um, better team in power rankings. Um, they actually adjusted that and boosted it up to five, five-and-a-half or six. So with the line sitting at four-and-a-half, I still think it's short. Uh, or I still think that uh, Georgia is the value side here. Um, but I, I, I think that there is some clear um, a clear name recognition going on with this line that uh, you have 65 to 70% of the bets that are coming in on Alabama still. I think you're going to see the same thing in the stadium, that you're going to have 65 to 70% of the fans that are going to be in Georgia. 
So I think you have a, a kind of comparable comparison there. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And and Dave, um, I, I'm I'm seeing the over under around forty five and a half. Um, do you think that number is too low? That almost like, and 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 I, and I thought that, and I saw that, but then as I'm looking at the two teams, both teams are averaging around thirty six, thirty seven points a game. Uh, they're giving up. Well, Alabama gives up eleven uh, points against Georgia, gives up fifteen. Um, but it, 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 I, I almost, yeah, maybe, maybe that number is okay. Then think, thinking about that. Cause, um, I, I just, are you, are you more apt if you're, if you're giving advice for this one, are you more apt to say over or under Jim, my favorite play on this game is the under. Okay. Um, I think this one is, I, I don't think this one goes over 45 and five quarters. I think that the first team to 17 wins this football game. Um, you have two teams that are identical. Um, I'm going into the breakdown here, by the way, but it's a long, the long way of answering your question. Sure. Um, you have two teams that are identical. Um, Kirby Smart runs the, the um, pretty much identical defense with a few minor tweaks as Nick Saban. And Alabama. Sure. So this is going to give um, – you essentially have two teams that are going to be doing the same thing on both sides of the ball. <laughs> the clock's going to be running because they're going to run the ball. Yep. Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. Um, I, I would put it in the same or, the, the same uh, same realm as when Peyton Manning was making that Super Bowl run. Right, that yeah. They don't have a quarterback, period. They have a body back there. <laughs> um, so – with, with that being said, I mean, I, I think the, the quarterback advantage definitely sides with uh, Jake Fromm and, and Georgia. I mean, he's a freshman in his biggest game yet, but uh, he clearly hasn't been bothered by anything so far. No, he's uh, he's so been he, in he's been in big game environments. Obviously, the bowl game, obviously the the SEC championship, and and you know, right off of the bat, uh, I mean, at at what was actually almost even a home game for them, it was probably about sixty percent uh, red fans in the crowd. But uh, the night game at Notre Dame to start the year, he the guy never flinched. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think they're a huge quarterback advantage, um, not experience-wise, but just pure talent uh, for Georgia. But back to the original question about this this total, um, I, I really think that the total is a touchdown or more too high. Um, you have two teams that are very familiar with each other and very familiar with the style of football. Um and I don't know that either of these teams have the offensive explosiveness against the top-tier defenses that they're going to be playing to do anything. Now, I mean, with this total, me being also uh, gung-ho, rock-hard on the, the under, um, two Jalen Hurts fumbles or interceptions or Jake Fromm miscues can really skew this. Um, but if there's anything I'm looking to get down on this weekend, it's definitely the total. Um so I, I, I just think when you have two teams that are this familiar with each other and their defensive systems and all that, um, I, I just think there's no way that this total is going over. But uh, simple miscues can see that too. But I really do like this under. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and when you when you talk about uh, the you know these two teams being you know so similar, I, it, it blew me away when I when I pulled up the actual numbers for these for these two teams it really did kind of trip me out how close uh how close they are 
Uh, when you look at the uh, Alabama's passing offense, they're at 62.3% completions. So is Georgia. Uh, Alabama's going at 194 yards per game, Georgia 172. Um, so about eight or nine yards per, per play for both teams. 25 touchdowns, Alabama 23 for Georgia. Uh, Georgia has uh, five more interceptions. QB rating, uh, a difference of 0.3. Uh, in in the quarterback rating and the and the rushing offense um, is is about the same too. Georgia has a twelve yard edge on there, uh, five more touchdowns, and the defensive numbers are about the same uh, on both sides. I think Georgia has has a little bit of an edge there uh, from a passing defense standpoint, um, but I think Alabama's rush defense in terms of numbers are uh, are is is a little bit better. The, the turnover margin—that's one thing you brought up, Dave. Uh, you know, is is whether or not it's a, uh, you know, a Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, give, giving up a turnover, costly turnover. Uh, Alabama has forced twenty-two turnovers this season. They've only lost nine, so they're at a plus thirteen. Georgia nineteen forced, fourteen lost. Obviously, a, a plus five margin there. So, so Alabama has the slight. Hey, Go ahead. While you're on turnovers there, you know something I heard uh, today or yesterday is absolutely ridiculous. What's that? Hertz has only thrown one interception this entire year. How many times? He, but how many times has he thrown the ball though? Because <laughs> I, you well, know, regardless, when you have someone with I mean, a yeah. arm that's clueless back there, I, and, and I think I think a product of that too, though. I mean, it, it is a crazy stat, and, I, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, deny that. But but I think another product of the the turnover numbers is the 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 strength of schedule. I think Georgia has has played a has had a harder road to get here, uh, and even in the regular season. I mean, both have their fair share of cupcakes, but I think you know Georgia has had a slightly harder road, which is why um, you know. And, and when I was looking at who I thought should have been the number four, that's why I had Ohio State um, as as my number four uh, back before the the final rankings were put out. Uh, but, um, you know, Alabama, obviously, you know, they, they, they took it to Clemson. So they, they've made their stake to, to be in this game. Um, you know, net, you know, now, you know, do you have anything else in terms of, uh, you know, game breakdown or, or are you ready to uh, make your prediction on this one? The only thing I, other thing I wanted to throw in here, Jim, and I don't have it in front of me. Um, so I'm kind of going off a of memory here. But the the other thing that really leads me towards Georgia in this game, is, and I'm kind of going into the prediction too, but the other thing that kind of leads me to Georgia is the couple times that Alabama has faced a, a and I'm going to use good to above average, to really good defense in LSU, um, throwing Auburn into that and throwing Florida State into that category, their numbers aren't that good. I mean, right. I think they scored 24 points against both um, Clemson, LSU, and I think they scored 10 against Auburn. So their numbers are vastly inflated by the, the Tennessees, the Mercers, et cetera, et cetera, in, in, in the offensive stats in my eyes. So, um, Jim, I'm, I'm definitely uh, more than willing to, to uh, say that Georgia's going to win this game outright in my eyes. Okay. Um, if I was lining the game, I think Georgia I, – I think I would line this game. Um, just basically – you got to have the odds makers perspective that you want to get even money on the game. So I'd probably line this game at three. Okay. Um, so I do think there's a little bit of value here. Uh, I mean, it's only a point or so, but uh, a, a point is huge when, when I'm pretty confident that it's going to be a low scoring game. 
Uh, so, so those that those that are listening, uh, you definitely want to take Alabama in the over, probably. But uh, no, I definitely <laughs> like uh, I like uh, Georgia and the under uh, for days. Yeah, I definitely like Georgia to win here. Um, I, I don't. I have a hard time going over or under because because initially when I when I looked at that number, I just thought it seemed uh, a little low, and you, and you never know if it's it's going to be one of those nights where. Uh, you know, how many times have you seen a big SEC matchup? You expect it. It's going to be one of those, uh, you know, 17 to 10 games or, you know, 14 to 12 games or something silly like that. And it ends up being, you know, 41 to 38. Uh, so, you know, maybe just to be different than you, I'll, I'll go over. Uh, but I, I have Georgia winning this one. I think they are the better team. Uh, I, like I said, I think they've had a harder road to get here. I think their 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 resume has has proven themselves a little bit more than Alabama's has. I'm not trying to discredit uh, Saban in Alabama because you're talking about a, a a true college football dynasty that they have right now. But I, I think this is Georgia's year. Um, they they've they've looked dominant all year. You know, sands a, a you know a loss and uh, maybe a couple of bleak moments, but um, or scary moments. But I, I think Georgia's the better team, and I think they pick up the win. Definitely. And the other thing, uh, I think we've touched on it a little bit. The other thing that we need to need to mention uh, is obviously being recorded Friday night. The game's on Monday. Um, assumptions being made by myself and probably you as well is uh, the injury report for Alabama has a couple key defensive guys that are right. out, uh, which is obviously going to play into Georgia's hands as well. Uh, they have a, a, a D lineman and a, uh, a uh, linebacker that's uh, apparently supposed to be out as well. So uh, definitely helping Georgia as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, definitely taking. Uh, I, I definitely like uh, Georgia plus four and uh, and the under, of course, for my picks. But uh, the other thing, as far as the the total, Jim, when Vegas set the total and you you instantly look at it and say, "Wow, they should fly over," generally it stays under. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that, that's why you know I I I said I I have a hard time doing it, and maybe it's just uh, something to differentiate between the two of us since we're not disagreeing on the winner. Uh, the only other thing college football wise, Dave, that, that I want to look at, and, and it's obviously something that has, you know, been, been in the news this week and, and hasn't totally been outshadowed by, uh, you know, by Georgia and by uh, Alabama making it to the title game is the fact that Central Florida finished the uh, perfect season. They finished at 13 and 0. They beat Auburn uh, in the Peach Bowl. Uh, in, in, in what was a pretty exciting game, uh, really came down to the last play. Auburn had a chance to, uh, to tie it up with a, with a throw into the end zone. Uh, God only knows where that, where that ball was going to on the last play of the game. But, uh, nonetheless, uh, UCF finishes the year 13 and 0. Uh, they have announced this week that they, uh, are declaring themselves national champions. They are declaring that, uh, they're going to, uh, raise a banner, a national championship banner that they're going to have a parade, uh, a national championship parade. Uh, the Central Florida president said of the team, "Quote: Our undefeated national champion Knights are an inspiration. They battled adversity, uh, lit up scoreboards, and created a defining moment for UCF." Um, we'll we'll talk about in a minute the playoff and 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 you know where things went wrong or where things went right or uh the 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 the, what seems to be an inherent flaw in the in the playoff system but 
What's what's your thought on UCF declaring themselves national champions? I mean, you can declare yourself whatever you want. Uh, I don't have a huge issue. I think it's just noise, for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. I haven't really paid a whole bunch of attention to it. Um, but from a marketing business aspect, it's freaking genius. How much is UCF in the uh, the news when there's really no reason that they should be in the news right now and just school recognition, football program, et cetera. Uh, so, so kudos to that marketing area. They did a, a heck of a job doing all this. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of merchandise moving down there. I, I, I find it to be a little on the silly side. Um, I, I understand what they're doing. I understand what they're saying. I understand what their message is. But, um, and the point they're trying to get across, but I, I just, you know, I, I've seen a lot of humorous, uh, I've seen a lot of humorous responses to it. And I even put one out there that the 93, uh, Notre Dame team should declare themselves national champions because they finished number two to a team they beat earlier in the year. But, um, I, I get what UCF is doing here and the number, um, you know, the number of teams at the playoff is what the problem is. If you have thoughts on this, uh, thoughts on the national championship game, uh, we're going to get to NFL stuff. Then again, you can call in 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. Again, that number, 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. It's also in the uh, in the post on Twitter, at Podcast, Facebook.com slash huddle up podcast the numbers uh on the post there um there there's an inherent flaw dave and i, and I think that's the point um, that ultimately ucf is probably trying to expose by calling themselves national champions is I, there's an inherent flaw in this system in in the four-team system and i i haven't liked that it's a four-team system since it was announced because I thought that that it just wasn't a big enough number. And we've seen it multiple times, and I think this year has probably been the most uh, prevalent of that, that it needs to be larger than a four-team playoff. It Because it, 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 even though, and, and I'm not trying to slight UCF, but if, if this year there was eight, UCF would have missed it by four teams. And... It comes down also to scheduling, and they don't have the hardest schedule. Maybe that's something that outside of their conference scheduling, they, they have to look at playing a few more uh, challenging opponents to, uh, you know, to, to, to bolster their schedule a little bit because it's not just – it's not isolated to them that, that had the scheduling issue. Look how, look how long it took Wisconsin to get up into the top four. Look at all the teams that had to lose and even lose, I think, multiple times before Wisconsin got into that top and into a top four position. Now, again, they, they didn't finish their job. They didn't win the Big Ten. But Wisconsin's schedule was weak. And they they had to have a lot of help, even being undefeated, to get into that top four spot. So I I, I there is an inherent problem, but I and maybe that that is the point that UCF is trying to make Jim I I completely agree that there's a problem um my first off about the scheduling I want to touch upon that a little bit um I hate the argument about their scheduling um the the thing to keep in mind with that 
And I agree that they didn't play anyone. Mm-hmm. But how far in advance are these schedules made? And when was this playoff system put into place? I think I saw an article that there's still two more years that have to be played until the post-playoff system schedules are impacted or okay. in effect. Okay. So I think that's a point that has to be be out there. And, I mean, who are we punishing here? We're punishing the actual football team that went out and won their games. Um, they don't control – I mean, the schedules were made before they committed to, to UCF. Heck, probably before some of them were even in high school. Probably. Um, probably. But my whole grief with the whole thing with UCF, um, they're the only – undefeated team in college football uh division one obviously d1 college football and they didn't have a chance to play for the national title um rightly or wrongly how they how would they have done um i don't know they they beat auburn who has beaten alabama and georgia correct correct so transfer property Simply, simply, and again, Auburn's motivation probably isn't as high as UCF's was, but uh, you can still say they can compete in my eyes. Um, would would Auburn or not Auburn, but uh, Georgia or Alabama have been a double-digit favorite against UCF? Absolutely. But the the injustice here is the fact that UCF is undefeated. They won every game on their schedule including a conference championship game and didn't have a chance to play for the national title. Right. Now, can you really, can you really have that accomplished under the current playoff system? Um, I don't think you can. And I think we're both in agreement that this needs to be expanded. Um, but I don't even think it's worth the time discussing it when it expands, because there's going to be so much that could happen with an expansion. I mean, you have automatic seeds in there. Do you just take the, the top eight, uh, a, a whole bunch uh, of things. And, I mean, no matter what they expand it to, they expand it to eight. Whoever ninth is is going to have a great. Sure, sure. It it's, it's, never, it's never going to be a, a situation where everybody is happy. But, I, like I said, I, I, four is not enough. And, but to back to the point of, uh, you know, being an undefeated uh, conference champion, I go back to week 11 in the rankings and at that point there was four one loss teams ahead of two undefeated teams those undefeated teams at that point were Miami and Wisconsin there was four one loss teams who were ahead of them and I really think that I mean obviously um, you know Georgia and Alabama would have had to play each other Miami and Clemson uh, would have had to play each other. Oklahoma and TCU would have played each other. Um, but but I, I have a hard time believing, Dave, that that if without help, Wisconsin gets into the top four, even if they win the Big Ten. So like, and I and you know it's it, it's one again, it's one of those like what if scenarios. But based on 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 how it wasn't until week fourteen that Wisconsin got into the top four, and it took. You know, like it took Miami losing, it took Alabama losing, it, it, to to you know, it took Georgia losing. It took a lot of teams losing to get Wisconsin up there. So I, I just, and again, I I see your point. I see your point to the scheduling, because 
you know, when when those schedules were made, because I know how far out Notre Dame has teams on their schedule, like all the way into like 2026 or something at this point. So I know like schedules are being formed years and years and years out. And I don't know how how far out they do it for other schools. Like I my only my only frame. It's a a trickle trickle down effect. Right. I, my only frame of reference to it is is Notre Dame. I don't even I don't even have a frame of reference to it to to Big Ten teams or whatever or what have you. But, um, you know, the the I guess the point I was trying to make with the scheduling is now moving forward as they start to build these out of conference schedules. That's something they have to take into consideration if they're going to stay in the conference that they're in, which by all accounts, they have no no reason not to. And, and I wouldn't expect them to. Um Going forward now, as you start to build those out-of-conference games, you know, maybe you shouldn't put, you know, I don't even know who their out-of-conference out schedule was off the top of my head. You know, maybe you shouldn't put the FIU on there. Maybe you shouldn't put, uh, you know, like Maryland on there. Maybe you should, you know, shouldn't play Maine. You know, maybe you should, you know, you should try and throw in, even if it's a, a mid-level SEC team, put them on there. You know, a mid-level Big Ten team, mid-level Pac-12 team, just just so that, when the committee sits down and looks over your resume, you're not going, well, they won really big, but they played Eastern Carolina. They won huge, but they played PV. You know, like, you know, it's, it's like there's – I get why they were, were 12th. And I, and I understand why there are people who are upset at the same time, but, but I they – weren't, they weren't one of the top four teams. That, that's where I'll put it. It sucks they don't get to play in a playoff. That sucks. I'm in but... complete agreement right there that they're not one of the top four teams. My issue is the fact that they didn't even have a chance. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I think you got to give them a chance somehow. Um, but it's something that we're both in agreement in that the current system right. is broken. Yes, exactly. So moot point and carry on. Carry on. Um, that's really all I have from a college football standpoint. Uh, obviously, national championship uh, on Monday night. Uh, eight o'clock ish on ESPN. I never know when those, uh, when those kickoff times, uh, are happening. So let's move over to the NFL. And again, oh, you... Jim, Jim, before we, we've got the perfect bridge here. What's that? To, to get us from college to the NFL. Do tell you're the Cleveland, you're the Cleveland Browns and you're on the clock. Who are you taking? Uh, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I am taking probably running back and probably Saquon Barkley. I think I think that this notion that, that they should slam dunk take a quarterback is just mind numbing to me. You you already did that a year ago. Okay? You you kind of made your bed and you now need to lie in it in, in my opinion. What good is what good is 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 dropping Deshaun Kaiser as your number 1 as your starting quarterback? Like if if Hugh Jackson who's still the coach as as for all the coaching changes there was in the NFL, the fact that that guy still head coach blows my mind. That and Marvin Lewis, but that's another story. Um, state of Ohio, baby. <laughs> there's something in the air in that state, apparently. But like, yeah, shit. <laughs> the 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 fact that you draft Deshaun Kaiser and you throw him in there before he's ready, he shouldn't have he shouldn't gone to the NFL. But the fact that you know the 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 pieces went where they did. You drafted him. You put him out there when he wasn't ready. And after one year, you can say this guy's not going to be our guy. Because if you draft a quarterback, that's what you're saying. You're saying Deshaun Kaiser will never be the guy in Cleveland. 
How can you look at that after a year with as bad as that team is? And there is potential there, but as bad as that team was, how can you just blame it on Deshaun Kaiser? Stunning to me. You put a good Did running you realize back. where he went to school. That's, that's oh, why oh that's not very nice. Uh, Ralph in, uh, on the comments there, they ne- the Browns never get it right. Yeah, they really don't. And uh, welcome in, Ralph. How you doing, man? So if I'm, if I'm Cleveland, when I do, Jim, is I trade the number one pick. I think okay. Cleveland, I think Cleveland, it was kind of a trick question, and you, you answered better than I thought you were going. <laughs> no, I think you answered better than I thought you were going to. But um, I, if I'm Cleveland, I trade the number one pick. I think you currently, with the number one pick, you have, I think they have six of the top 65 picks. Which Sounds is about right. Absurd. Yeah, that's. I mean that so that you can build a franchise with that if you do it right, and that's the key is if you do it right. Well, this draft class is pretty strong, and I personally, um, I think uh, oh, the, the the quarterback out west, not Darnold, but the uh, Rosen or whatever. Rosen. Yeah, I think he is the most NFL ready at the moment. Um, I think Darnold will pass him after he gets a little bit more confidence but i think your best nfl quarterback in this draft is uh josh allen out of wyoming uh he reminds me of a new and young ben roethlisberger so i think uh i think the steelers would be eager to move up they're not going to move up drafted number one because he's going to go in the the team somewhere probably um but if you're the browns you can trade this number one pick and probably pick anywhere in the first round that you want to with an absurd haul again Sure. And instead of having six in the top, we can probably make that seven or eight in the top 60 plus a number one pick next year too, probably. Um, mm-hmm. You need to reload a lot still. Um, your lines are, your defense, your defense is getting there, but you have a lot of line issue on the offensive line and there's no point in taking a lineman. Number one, there's no standout line right. at this point. Right. Um, you can, you can get a darn quality couple linemen in the seven, 15, 20 range. And I mean, you got a ton of, ton of value with this number one pick so um kind of like what you said uh the browns are still gonna be pretty bad next year more than likely but if you you give kaiser another year here and then you go for a quarterback next year if you have to go that route right i i i'm not i'm not saying i I think the talent is there with deshaun kaiser but but this year may have you know but you know blown his head away um and 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 kind of knocked his confidence down that's why i thought what's the point of putting him in there um and that that was my point throughout the season but yeah i mean give him at least another year because uh you know i think you have uh with Coleman and if if Josh Gordon can you know stop being Josh Gordon and just be Josh Gordon on the field um you know you have a guy that is a huge talent uh that that you have in in that team and there is there's there's a lot of potential there if you're the if if you're the Cleveland Browns I I just I just think man um them them and and so many people just talking about how they need to go quarterback just and I get it I get it there's a lot of big names at the quarterback position coming out but the 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 problems with the Browns go go well beyond that position that that you you make a great point that um that well, they, say that again. You make a great point, Dave. That uh, you know you, that, that, that there's there, there there is so much. Yeah, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all rolled into one. Um, they uh, they have great value there to to make that to make that trade. 
So are we, uh, All right, are we ready up to on the Browns? Let's, uh, let's roll this to playoff time, baby. Yes, absolutely. The, uh, the NFL playoff picture is set. The bye weeks are new England. The number one seed, the road to the AFC super bowl goes through new England. Uh, Pittsburgh has the first round bye, and we'll have home field in their matchup in the divisional round on the NFC side. You have what may be one of the weakest, uh, home field advantage teams in a, in a long time at Philadelphia. Uh, I'm sure we'll uh, talk more about them. Uh, but the, the road to the NFC Super Bowl goes through Philadelphia. Minnesota has the other bye and home field advantage in the uh, divisional round, the other matchup. So this weekend, set of games, Dave, obviously four games this weekend, uh, starting with Saturday, 4.30 p.m. on ESPN. It will likely be the last ESPN game for John Gruden. Chucky is coming back to the NFL sidelines. More on that in a little bit. Uh, 4.30 p.m. Kansas City hosts Tennessee. Saturday at 8.15 p.m. You have the Rams hosting the Falcons. That one's on NBC. Uh, Then Sunday 1 p.m. on CBS. Jacksonville hosting Buffalo. What a story it is for Buffalo to get back in there uh, in that playoff spot. A team that willingly changed their starting quarterback a few times. Healthy scratching Tyrod Taylor earlier in the year. Uh, They find a way in. And then 4.30 p.m. on Fox on Sunday. New Orleans hosting your Carolina Panthers. And nowhere in there, yes, so we'll just get it out of the way right away. Nowhere in there did I mention my Dallas Cowboys. So we'll get that out of the way real quick and make it simple. Um, Ralph says, go Titans. Yeah, Ralph down there uh, in uh, in Nashville. So, Dave, let's look at it. Saturday, 4.30 p.m., Tennessee at Kansas City. We have Kansas City as uh, eight, eight-and-a-half favorite. 44-and-a-half is, uh, is the line. Again, this one on ESPN. Um, man, do you trust Andy Reid or do you trust, uh, do you trust the Tennessee Titans right now? Um, I have Kansas city winning this one. Uh, I, I don't necessarily like it. I don't necessarily think that it will be, um, even by the eight, eight and a half line that's given. I think this one could potentially come down to, you know, what, what kicker can kick a field goal last? What, what team has the ball last? Or, or you know, one of those turnover moments, but I, I I'm gonna take Kansas City in this one. Kim, I'm on, uh, I'm on Kansas City as well. Uh, a couple factors in this one. Um, I, I think Kansas City's defense at home is drastically different than on the road, which is a okay. huge key here. Um, they have played uh, basically the same offensive caliber teams at home versus on the road. The stats are almost identical for their home road splits. And they're allowing six or less points at home than on the road. So um, I think they're allowing like 16 points a game at home and 23 on the road or something along those lines. Uh, so I, I think that lends a little bit of an advantage to Kansas City. Um, plus, Tennessee splits on the road. Uh, they're not very good on the road historically. Um, but the one thing that, that has to be taken into consideration here is when it's playoff time and it's do or die, um, and this is kind of a foreshadowing for a, a late game on Sunday. But when it's playoff time and it's do or die and you have a mobile quarterback, it tends to throw just a, a weird wrinkle into games. Sure. That uh, plays are extended when they shouldn't be. Um, they, they rush more um, when, it, when the games matter, and they're not afraid to take those hits instead of sliding type of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, so, how, how many times and, and how many times have we seen that, you know, with with Seattle's success with Russell Wilson? How many, t- you know, and I I won't uh, 
I, I see where you're going with the late game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it is that that factor that is unpredictable and sometimes undefendable. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I I like Kansas City in this spot, and like is probably a strong word. Um, I'm solely going on their defense, but I definitely don't like laying over a touchdown with Alex Smith as my quarterback. <laughs> um, so for me, the, the play in this game is probably going to be on the under, if anything. Um, but I don't really love anything in this game. Uh, it would not shock me if Tennessee won this game. It would not shock me if Kansas City won this game by 17. Right. Um, Kansas City's been a hard team to have a pulse on this year. Uh, yeah, uh, they really they, have. They went belly up in the middle of the season, then all of a sudden they're back. So is that competition um, that they were, you know, hard schedule, weak schedule, so-and-so, or is that just a bipolar team and they're peaking at the right time again? I don't know the answer to that, but uh, I mean, I, I, I think the, the, the only thing that really stood out to me when looking into this game was how much better Kansas City's defense was at home. Um, but in all honesty, regardless of who wins this game, they get beat the following week. So it's pretty right. much a moot point. Right. Yeah, it, it really is. Ralph's, uh, Ralph's not happy that we're uh, picking against his Titans in the comments there. But I, uh, I said, uh, I said Tennessee had a chance. It just, oh, I, they I certainly just, do. I, I have to make a pick and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you too, Dave. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if this game goes, uh, you know, effed up six ways from Sunday and, and just gets, gets weird and wacky. One team wins by, you know, two touchdowns or more. Uh, Tennessee finds a way to win. blows the thing out. Um, you know, Andy Reid mismanages the clock in the second half. That wouldn't shock me in one uh, in any way, shape, or form either. So th- there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different ways this game could go. Uh, but but my my pick is going to rest with the uh, the home team this week. But yeah, to to your point, next week it ain't going to make a difference. Um, Saturday night you have Atlanta traveling to. The L.A. Coliseum, uh, five and a half point home favorite for the uh, for the Rams, and I'm seeing a 48 on the uh, over under line. Uh, I like the Rams here. I like the Rams a lot. Period. Um, and, and we'll get more to that as we as we talk to our uh, predictions of who's going to be playing in, in Minneapolis. Uh, this team has been a hell of a lot of fun uh, to watch all year, and and I hope at least my brother catches this part of the uh, of the show. Because uh, Todd Gurley has saved my fantasy season. Todd Gurley is the reason why I have that championship belt that I showed uh, early earlier in the broadcast. Um, you know that that offense. You know Jared Goff has come around big time. That defense with uh, you know with, with the first year under Wade Phillips, and, and you have it. You have a young coach who's kind of you know exciting a fan base that you know I, I wasn't sure was ever totally going to come around to. Uh, NFL being in, in Los Angeles, but I, I think that city's uh, buzzing a little bit with, uh, with with Rams fever. So, so I like the Rams. I actually like them to blow uh, above this number. I, I, I think Atlanta somewhat squeaked their way in. I think the ghost of last year is still going to haunt them. Um, and and I, I like the Rams. I like the Rams big, and, and just they're going to roll in this one. I think the the biggest advantage that the Rams have here is there is the coaching advantage with uh, McVay. Yeah. Um, but this is just a weird game. I mean, you have a lot of injuries on both sides in this one. Um, Coleman's 
Freeman for the Falcons. Um, biggest injury of the game, Jim, is actually the uh, is uh, oh, uh, Greg Zerline for the the uh, the Rams. Especially yeah, what a bummer about the, that uh, one, man. That that guy was lights out at the kicker position. So I mean, I I think that's huge for the Rams because they have. Um, Oh, I think it was at Penn State, Sam Thicken. Oh, God. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. They're, that's a, I mean, but you think about it, you get the Rams' offense, it's a lot easier to play offense when when you get the ball to to the 40-yard line, you're in field goal range. Right. I mean, the light is that big, and now you got to be realistically thinking, i got to get it to the 25. That's sure. a huge difference. Big difference. Big um, difference. But on the opposite side of this, I just don't know how good this Falcons team is. I mean, the yeah. defense has stepped up the past month, and they were playing some quality um, opponents because of it being down the stretch. And the other thing with this Falcons team is they've been in playoff mode for the past month. Um, so argument for and against them, does that help them if they don't have to get up that much more, or does it hurt them that they've been doing it and they're mentally exhausted from doing it? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but this is a game that the number in my eyes is, is spot on that five and a half is the right number for this game. Um, I don't know. I, 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 again, um, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I, I don't like picking quarterbacks in their first playoff start. Hint, hint, um, foreshadowing of next week's game with a, uh, number one seed potentially. <laughs> cough cough oh wait he's uh his legs messed up i forgot <laughs> wow but, uh, i'm going out i'm going out and uh repping the the nfc south and taking the the falcons to upset the rams all uh, right purely on the fact that uh the rams don't have their starting kicker so i'm going on record and making a pick due to a kicker well there you go that's a uh that's a bold pick uh right there Let's go to Sunday, 1 p.m. in Jacksonville. Uh, Ralph did say, uh, to, to be funny, 28-3 to Rams at the half. Uh, the little shot there at the Falcons from last year. Uh, Buffalo travels to Jacksonville. Uh, 8.5 point home favorite for Jacksonville. 39.5 is the over-under on that one. Um, which I, I think the under may be a pretty safe bet. Uh, I, I don't I'm know. Clapping. What's that? I'm clapping for you saying the under. The under is 100 percent the right play in this game. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, the, the you know Jacksonville's offense. Uh, you know, re- regardless of what they're gonna, what they uh, can and might put up in this one, I think they're just gonna stifle the the, the Bills. Um, you know, fun little thing. The Bills getting in, and and you know, kudos to the to the Bills Mafia for uh, for for what what is I forget how many hundreds of thousands of dollars they donated to Andy Dalton's charity and. Uh, pretty cool on the Bills for sending uh, a shipment of Buffalo wings to the Bengals. Um, it's probably the sad thing is it's probably uh, Andy Dalton's like shining moment as a uh, as the starting quarterback of the Bengals that they that they won that game just to knock the Ravens out and get Buffalo into it. Um, Jacksonville's the better team. Their defense is uh, just spectacular this year, and I think they'll uh, continue that on Sunday. So I have the Jaguars. Yeah, Jim, this is a uh, this is a no doubt slam dunk Jaguars win this game. Um Buffalo is not that good, period. Right. Um this is a t- and the the thing is this is a clear cut Jacksonville game. Um somehow 
though I'm not running to bet Jacksonville over a touchdown. There's something about laying in that many points with Blake Bortles as a quarterback that scares me. <laughs> um, so I figure out, I figure that there is some way that Blake Bortles is going to make this game close. Um, and I figure out that it's only Blake Bortles that's going to make this game close. Um, Jacksonville has far and away the number one pass defense. Buffalo Bills have the 29th best pass off pass offense in football. Um, and they, they have managed to have statistically speaking, the 29th best pass offense playing the weakest pass defenses of anyone in, in the NFL. Wow. So they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> so I don't know. And, and the other thing that we haven't even talked about on this is LaShawn McCoy's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's questionable. He's out of the walking boot as of uh, practice, I think, yesterday or today. Uh, still, and, and I think it's probably more doubtful that he plays. I know they're they're saying kind of a question mark at this point, but but if 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 you're if you're betting whether or not Lashawn McCoy plays in this game, I, I think the odds point towards not. And if and if he doesn't play in this game, uh, the little chance that the Bills have go pretty much goes away, in my opinion, because then you're you're going to talk about Tyrod Taylor um, kind of having to lead this team by himself. I I just. I, I don't see a scenario where that happens. It, it makes a, a fairly easy prediction even easier. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm. Uh, I, I think the biggest shocking thing in this game to me is that it wasn't the the first game on Saturday. Uh, historically speaking, the the ratings are the worst for that game, and now we have to endure this game on uh, Sunday morning, afternoon, wherever you are, uh, location wise. But uh, I, I just don't see how this is. I think this is going to be an ugly football game. I mean, the, uh, really, the, the the two gems of the weekend are, are the two NFC games, in my opinion. And I'm not trying to kick these AFC matchups, but the, the AFC matchups are, are I think, the, the definitely the crappier two of the weekend. But I agree that uh, that, that Tennessee-Kansas City is, is going to be a better matchup than this one. But, Dave, did you see the uh, the Jaguars and their – the teal beer, the teal ice cream, and the uh, – the teal burger rolls that they're rolling out for this game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, the the other exciting news, Jim, is they're taking the tarp off the those extra seats up there. So how about um, it? It only took it only took like thirty years, but Jacksonville's <laughs> interested in football. It, it was um, it was bound to happen. Uh, you know why? You know why all of this is happening? Because I predicted them to win the division last year. That's why all of uh, this is happening now. <laughs> Karma. I was I was just I was a year ahead. Like my my crystal ball did not. I guess there was there was uh, like a glare or something off my bald head that that distracted me. And it said Jaguars, uh, AFC division champs, um, 2018 I, I got misinterpreted there. Uh, final game on Sunday. I'm sure we are going to disagree on this one. 4:30 p.m. on Fox. New Orleans hosting Carolina. Uh, New Orleans a seven point favorite, a forty eight over under on this one. Um, quite frankly, I think that number might be low. I, w- I will take the over on this one. Um, I'm going to take. I like New Orleans in this one, and I'm not just saying that to, uh, to you know, to to stick it to you. Although that is one of the reasons. Um, the 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 
dynamics of the offense uh, for for New Orleans combined with the play of their defense, not necessarily that it's been overly consistent, but when, when they, I think when they've had to do it, that that defense has shown signs of, um, you know, what they were when they went when they went to the Super Bowl. So, and and I just I, I'm I'm so unsure about Carolina, and and you just don't know what Carolina team is going to be there. You don't know what version of Cam Newton is going to be there, quite frankly. Um, and, and the inconsistencies at, at the wide receiver position for him, there's just, there's so many question marks with that team and not, not trying to like backtrack and, and make myself sound better, but it wouldn't shock me if Carolina wins. But to me, the, the, the smarter play is new Orleans. And that's why I'm picking the scenes. When did you start being smart? It's a new thing I'm trying this year. Like, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but, like, I, I just, you know, a new year, let, let's see if I if I can't get in my own way a little bit. So, Jim, we've gotten – we, and I'm saying we as in talking as a Panthers fan here. Okay. Um, we, have played the, we have played the Saints twice this year, and we've gotten beat by them twice. Um, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this bullshit of <laughs> – Part of my French there, but I'm no, no, let them fly, my crap. friend. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> but I'm sick and tired of hearing about this crap. It's tough to beat a team three times. That has absolutely nothing to do with this. Um, you go back to past. I think it was 36 years. I looked. Uh, 20, 24 matchups. 67 percent of them, the team that won the first two games won the third game. That notion's been dispelled right there. So, um, with that being said, the thing, that's, the thing that is the key in this game is the injuries to the New Orleans defense. Uh, they have seven guys, I believe, on season-ending IR at the moment from the defense. I think that the best chance that Carolina has is to exploit this defense and run the ball. Carolina has been a top-eight run team the past six weeks. New Orleans has been a bottom-eight run-stopping team the past or the past four weeks. Um, and again, that's come against Atlanta for two of the games, the Jets and the Bucks. So I'm holding out hope that we're going to be able to exploit the run with McCafferty and Stewart's supposed to be back. Um, I think Cam was absolutely atrocious last week. Um, so I think that's a good thing for us because he generally is an atrocious two weeks in a row. Um I don't really have a strong feel for this game. I would, I think the line is a touch high. I, I think it's that pretty steady at five and a half. Um, I, I think the line is a touch high, but um, I, I generally avoid betting on or against Carolina unless I'm sure, um, which this I, I'm not sure. The, the one thing I would suggest for anyone that is going to put money down on this game is to review the second game and the statistics around the second game. Um, Carolina pretty much dominated the stat line aside from a couple of plays, which were huge and game changing. Granted, they're still part of the game, so they matter. But statistically speaking, Carolina should have won that game based solely on the stats. Um, we've been to New Orleans this year. We aren't rattled by it. It's something that we're kind of used to. So, um, I can see us winning this game. I can see us losing this game by 21 points too. Um, but I'm of course picking Carolina. Of course. So Naturally. kind of long-winded there looking into some uh, 
some details and um, foreshadowing ahead here, Carolina is going to go in and uh, beat Philadelphia next week. Cause I know that I picked Atlanta, but if we win, I want Philadelphia so bad because I just want to be a giant asshole for everyone in this area. <laughs> whoever, like whoever can get into that Philly matchup, that fan base has to be drooling. And, and, and I, and I truly mean that. And I'm not trying, like, I know I'll get. I'm sure I'll get some backlash because of it. Um, you know, being a Cowboys fan, the Cowboys are out of it. Blah blah blah. But like, you can't. You can't tell me as an Eagles fan that you are super confident going into this playoff year. All that, like that being said, I've seen teams with worse quarterbacks win Super Bowl. So I'm not. I'm not writing the Eagles off, and I'm not saying that they can't do it. But. You can't be super confident seeing what you've seen since Wentz went down and say, we got this. We're fine. Don't worry about it. You know, Nick Foles is fine. Um, because, things, Jim. What's that? The Eagles are done, period. Statement's been made. I'll live with it. The Eagles are done. Less, less 11 backup quarterbacks to start in the playoffs. They're 1-10. and 10. The only one's Brock Os- Osweiler. <laughs> Other thing I will throw out there, too, um, with the Eagles here, is there's no way that they're going to get by Minnesota's defense at the moment. So um, Eagles are done, period. Um, they might win a game, but they're not getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they I don't think they do either, Dave. I, I, I really don't. It's again, I, I, I try and like I try and mark my criticism of them just because of the backlash. But like that, that their defense, if they can get back to the level they were at earlier in the year. I, I they can at least contend in the NFC, but you also have to consider that that when that defense was playing at that level, it was also in the weaker portion of their schedule. And I'm not taking anything away from them, but it's they don't look like a team that can win the conference with Nick Foles. They don't. Like everybody wants to bring up. Nick Foles is a pro bowler, his best year ever and all that. That was, what, four years ago, five years ago? A lot of things have changed since then. And How many how many starting quarterbacks would you started this year that shouldn't have over Nick Foles? Well, if there's a reason that Nick Foles should have been starting, the teams would have traded for him. Period. Done. Right. It's, it's, Mic drop. Yeah, it, it's that. So, um, Dave, let's, let's look out. A little waves. We're about uh, a month away from it now. The Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Uh, I am going. I, I'm going to just throw it out there. My prediction: Rams over Patriots. I, I really, really, really wanted to just for amusement's sake, you know, put the Rams and the Jags in this thing because I think if there's a team in the AFC that can disrupt and contend and and possibly beat new england it's the jaguars that and that, that just blows me away saying that uh a list of teams like in order that i'm like rooting for or pulling for would be okay with winning the super bowl uh jacksonville's my number one that would be a whole hell of a lot of fun that's why the christmas tree behind me that is still standing uh is lit up teal uh because i'm i'm, I'm all in on the jaguars in this playoff run um, I think they can beat New England, but playoff experience goes a long way. Jacksonville has none. New England has a plenty. 
So that's why Blake I have Bortles on the road in New England. Jim. Right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And and that's why as fun as it would be, and as much as that defense could disrupt Tom Brady, uh, I have the I have the Patriots coming out of the uh coming out of the AFC. I have the Rams beating the Saints in the uh NFC championship game because the Saints would get by uh, would get by the Eagles pretty easily, and I have the Rams picking up the uh, picking up the the, the the victory because you're going to put that thing on a neutral site. You're going to put that thing indoors. Like a lot of the things that I think give the Patriots an edge, the weather, being able to play in the elements, um, that's going to be neutralized. And I, I, again, going back to a point you made earlier, yeah, you might have lost uh, Zerline, but but I think that the the Rams offense can do enough against the Patriots um and and I just think that the Rams defense can it can probably disrupt Tom Brady because th- that offense hasn't been perfect that offense has had its Knicks this year and Wade Phillips has history coaching against the Patriots winning against the Patriots in big games so it, it may be a bold pick maybe it's just my uh you know, my, my fantasy football high carrying over with Todd Gurley, I don't know, but I have the Rams winning the Super Bowl. That's, I mean, it's, it's not the worst pick you can make. You made, you picked an NFC team, so <laughs> um, you're, you're on the right track there. Um, I have the Panthers winning the Super Bowl. No, I'm kidding. I, being realistic here, um, <laughs> I, I don't think my Panthers get by Minnesota. Um, they have a uh, – assuming that they win this week, but uh, – the Panthers would be in a revenge spot against Minnesota, and it's going to be in Minnesota. Um, so the Carolina does not beat Minnesota as much as I'd love to see it. Um, I am picking Minnesota to win the Super Bowl just because I want to hear everyone cry that they won the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Um, and, yes, uh, look at their quarterback, and that's the potential Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Case Keenum. Right. How crazy. Um, but more interestingly, Jim, not only winning this thing in your whole stadium, but what did the Vikings do in the offseason then with their quarterback situation? Uh, trade Case Keenum. If Case Keenum, if, if they if they win the Super Bowl with Case Keenum, if they have any faith in Teddy Bridgewater at all, you trade Case Keenum because he's not getting any better than he is this year. He's not. Jim, you're forgetting about the other guy they had. They have Sam Bradford still. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I've seen there, there was people bringing up the fact that he that he's coming back and he's healthy and and all that. This um, he's a he's an afterthought of an afterthought at this point. I mean, but it's again what I mean. I think I think personally. It just makes things so interesting if you're the Vikings at home for a Super Bowl. Crazy, crazy. You want to so, talk? You want to talk I, about a- emptying that uh, the bank account for like the home title game? You you don't think because you know you you don't think there's going to be plenty of uh, you know f- farmers' husbands and uh, farmers' uh, wives and things that are going to be uh, you know s- spending a lot of money to uh, to get some of those. You know, neutral site fans are just going to be able to unload those tickets. I would love to see if Minnesota makes the Super Bowl, what the resale prices go on those tickets. It is going. It would be ridiculous. It would be It'll absolutely ridiculous. It'd be nuts. Who who do you have Minnesota beating? Um, I don't really know to be honest. I mean, I 
I really like this Jaguars team as much as you do, but the issue is they have a they're going to win this week, and then they have to play the revenge game in Pittsburgh. Fuck Pittsburgh! They're going to beat Pittsburgh. It's going to be Big Ben's last game, and he's going to leave. He's going to the lasting memory of Big Ben in Pittsburgh is he's going to be like sacked on the last play, and then he's going to retire. You are an angry man when I bring up Big Ben. (laughs) I just hate Pittsburgh. (laughs) We all know this. But, I mean, I, I think I, I would like Jacksonville a lot better if they had a better pass. Um, I, but this defense is just – they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're good, period. Um, I've heard rumblings of issues going on in New England's locker room this week. There's a little bit of a players drawing type of thing going on. So I think that's got to be taken into account. Um, so – just since you went on this Pittsburgh tangent, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Minnesota beats Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I to me, the, the AFC is obvious. It's going to be New England, Pittsburgh, or Jacksonville coming out of the AFC, period. Um, the, the NFC is a little bit less obvious. I think you can realistically make an argument for pretty much any of the teams except for Philadelphia um, and probably Carolina. Carolina gets the championship game. It's success in my eyes. Um, the, the realistic path for Carolina to the championship game is they're going to have to get Philadelphia. Well, I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta that, can be bunched in that uh, in that group of of teams. That hell, if if Atlanta wins this week, they might they might as well have a parade in in Atlanta because that that's that's the that's as big of a victory as they're going to get. Well, the the only reason I keep Atlanta in is because they're they're playing playoff football and they've been in that mindset for for a month now, so. If you get a team in that mindset, um, Dave, look at the the nine. Dave, we're Capitals fans. We know how that ends. <laughs> yeah, but the, the issue is that they're not in playoff mindset. They're they're checked out and already golfing in March because we've already wrapped up the <laughs> the, the President's Cup. So <laughs> that that argument's flawed, Jim. I just well, no. There's been a couple times where the Caps have had to uh, to surge. You think back to that uh, that the one year with Bruce that. Eventually, when you're playing playoff mode for for that long of a time, you eventually gas out. It, it, it's it's too much, especially with with an with an NFL team where, uh, you know, obviously you only have one game a week and you, and you have to get up to that level. The the, the I think the, the the potential for a letdown is is far too great, uh, for Atlanta. Moral of my story is I think that the NFC has much more possible contenders. Sure, sure I agree. Than the AFC. Moral of the story. I mean, I would be surprised if Carolina or Atlanta or Philadelphia make it, but I think you can make a you can make a much better case for the lower three in the NFC than you can the lower three in the AFC. Period. Done. So, long and short of the story, I'm taking Minnesota over Pittsburgh or Schittsburg to win the Super Bowl. All right. Yeah. You. You. And a couple more things from the NFL. You alluded to it a little bit. There, there's been some buzz. Uh, ESPN uh, put out a pretty big piece today uh, talking about maybe some of the uh, some potential troubles in, inside the New England locker room between uh, Belichick and Robert Kraft and Tom Brady. Uh, they cite some of the, these instances of, of Brady, um, you know, yelling at his uh, offensive staff on the sideline. That, that there's nothing new there. Um, that, that's something we've seen over the years. Um, the the Patriots and uh, they uh, released a joint statement 
from Robert Kraft, Belichick, and Tom Brady saying that these reports from ESPN are, uh, you know, untrue and invalid and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think probably the, the, the biggest piece from, to be taken from this article is the uh, this uh, this notion that Tom Brady basically forced the hand of the Patriots to trade Garoppolo. Uh, I, I, I honest to God have a hard time believing that. Um, now, you know, I, I if Brady is going to continue to be the quarterback for New England beyond this season – it makes sense that they did trade him because, you know, you're only, you're only going to squash Garoppolo's value. You know, you, you, I, I, you know, obviously in hindsight, it looks like the new England didn't get enough for him, but um, I, I, I honestly don't read a lot into these uh, Patriots reports personally. Yeah. I don't really care either. Um, and then the other, the other big uh, piece of news out of the NFL is uh, it, it appears, and it, it is uh, reported to become official on Tuesday, that for the first time since the 2008-2009 season, John Gruden will be on the sideline next season, uh, this time in Oakland. It'll be his uh, second time coaching the Raiders, and uh, he, he has not been with the Raiders since 2001, but a 10-year reportedly um, $100 million or more uh, contract to be the new head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Um, my only thing here is, uh, will it be exciting to see Gruden back? I think he's a fun guy. I absolutely do. But um, can John Gruden be successful in today's NFL? Obviously, being in the job position that he's been in with ESPN, he's been close to the game. Does he truly understand the NFL game today because the NFL has changed dramatically even since, uh, you know, what, seven years ago when, when Gruden was last on a sideline. You know, that that's the biggest question to me. Uh, exciting, yes. You know, will it work? I don't know. That's a lot of money to uh, to be throwing at uh, John Gruden to get him on their, on their sideline. Yeah, to me the thing that stands out about this is it isn't the money, but – who the hell signs a coach for 10 years? Yeah. Period. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, they have a lot of faith. They have a lot of faith in him. Uh, I mean, but damn, that's, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm thrilled that he's going to be off the, the, the broadcast now. So I don't have to listen to him, but we could only do something with Collinsworth now. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, what was it? The, was it around the, the Christmas games or something when they had the one Saturday game and Kurt Warner was doing the doing the game with Mike Tirico? Um, let's put Warner with Al Michaels and just forget that Chris Collinsworth is ever a thing. Can we do that? Sure. Nice one. Uh, all right, Dave, really, that's all I got uh, for this one. Uh, any other thoughts? Oh, Jim, I mean, I think it's uh, good to be back. Um, obviously going to try and do a show uh, next couple of weeks for uh, – uh, with the, with football approaching and talk some uh, kind of brief playoff recap next week and uh, touch on the, the divisional games the week after. But uh, good to be back on the air again for this year and uh, hopefully hopefully some uh, good advice here for some of our listeners. And uh, don't forget to get those uh, Georgia and under tickets because uh, Dave likes to put money in your bank account. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, even beyond football season, I think we're going to at least attempt to be on here um, every couple of weeks, I think, check in about some different things, uh, be a little more active with the show. Uh, so that's my kind of my goal for the year. But uh, it's good to be back. and We look forward to talking. Uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Dave. Yeah, Jim, likewise. Uh, again, thanks for everyone who's tuning in. And uh, I'm at uh, dgerhard 24 on Twitter. Feel free to give us a follow, uh, shout-out, like, any of those things, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, and we look forward to being back on the air in uh, seven days or so. All right, see you, bud. Have a good one. Take care. All right, that's going to do it for the uh, for the show tonight. We appreciate everyone who uh, listened in and followed along. And uh, like we said, we're going to try and be a little more active with this thing uh, going forward this year. But we appreciate everyone sticking with us and uh, and coming back on. So follow us along on social media on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. I am at Big Jim Sports. We are part of NGSC Sports Radio. Go to NGSCSports.com for all the information, all the shows and everything there. Check out our sports baseball for uh, all of your uh, fantasy baseball needs and much more. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and on Android and we stream daily at Leap Sports. Also, guys, Undisputed Belts. There it is, Undisputed Belts. UndisputedBelts.com, a great product from them. So make sure you check them out. Let them know that we sent you. I'm a champion of my league. I'm going to remind people of that all throughout the uh, off the season. So if you're in the Northeast or anything like that, stay warm this weekend. Do your best. Enjoy the football. Stick it and watch it. We'll talk to you next week. Follow us on social media for all updates. And until then, go for the win. We here at Our Sports are Virtual Major League Baseball. Our product provides an advanced and authentic experience in the hybrid category of fantasy and virtual sports. By owning and operating an our sports franchise, you compete for championships and money in leagues that mirror the MLB in every way. For sports fans who have dreamed of owning a sports franchise and handing out business cards that say team owner, our sports is making that dream a reality. Find them on Twitter at our sports baseball and on Facebook as our sports baseball.